Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. You know it, it's Ian Rod B on a Tuesday, four days to Longhorn football. Rice Owls in town. Going to be hot, but uh, it's football. It's also a great weekend of college football. And it's college football on its own because the NFL doesn't start till next Thursday, Rod. So it's all college football all weekend, including Sunday mm-hmm. with FSU and LSU. Big ACC, SEC intersectional matchup. And uh, on the way to the top of the hour, Rod, we're talking about the last time the Longhorns had an offensive line that had the entire, at least four of the members back from one year to the next. And you had to go back all the way to 1993. That's my man uh, Joe Cook put out there. Shout out to him. He said he got it from the Texas game notes. So that's about as official as you can get. Well, and I said going to the break kind of uh, in jest that I bet those guys came and partied at my house when I was in college. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. This is a true story. Uh, I, 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 I kid you not. <laughs> See, you said, you said that was a fact. That's a fact. What the facts? So in 1993-ish, <laughs> um, I, was a, I was at St. Edwards, and I've, I've said, people who listen to me for a while know that uh, Dan Neal was a good friend. Oh, yeah. I, I've known Dan Neal since yeah. we were in like middle school. I love Dan Neal. I've worked with Dan Neal before. Dan Neal's so one cool. One of the nicer people you ever oh, meet and one fantastic. of the best offensive linemen ever to play at, at Texas. Yes, no well, So Dan Neal was the starting guard on that team. Well, also on that team was another guy we went to high school with named Shane Rink. Okay. And so and so we all had high school buddies. We all went to high school together. And how about that was the year, Rod Babers. You were hanging out with off, a lot of offensive linemen? Yes. Bro, that's a certain, you know, offensive linemen, they're a certain breed. I know. Well, it's scary. <laughs> right. It's scary. It says a lot about you, the kind of person you were. You were hanging out with old linemen, man. Well, it was, it was through friendships. <laughs> I know. But, but also it was through this that we... That year, because of circumstance, I ended up with three roommates. It was four dudes, and we, we couldn't find an, an apartment. And we ended up going to this, this apartment locator agency, and they found us, Austin's only at the time, four-bedroom, four-bathroom apartment. And it was off Riverside. You know where the H-E-B oh, yeah. is on Riverside East? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Right behind that, there was an apartment complex called London Square Apartments. And what they had there was an apartment that they had taken out a wall and a kitchen of one of the units. So you had a 2,000-square-foot apartment. Uh, opened it up. It had two doors. Hmm. Like we, you, had the fr- you had two front doors, two patios. So we each had a bathroom, and we each had our own room, all four of us. It's nice setup. One of us, like, yeah, and because the one kitchen was removed, it was massive. Huh. It was a big apartment. And it was in a bad part of town at the time. That's all been <laughs> built back up in uh, in East Austin now, so, but right by the river there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in the day, it was not a good part of town. But four dudes living there. Point of it is, we'd go to 6th Street or we'd go to a party, and the party would always end up back at our place because <laughs> oh. we had 2,000 square feet. Oh, yeah. You did have the party house. You had, you had the party house. You had the house for entertaining. And there were a couple of occasions where, because I have my friendship with Dan Neal and Shane Rink, and the offensive line would just show up. <laughs> 
So I can tell you, in 1993 or thereabouts. Oh, oh, oh no line showed up. I oh, man. Up. Here they go. They have Dan Neal. Blake Brockermeyer was playing left tackle for them. Hey, there you go. He's a great player. Legend. John Elmore was a player on that team. There's a guy named Ryan Feebigger on that team that played center and some interior line. And I was hanging out with all those That's dudes. A pretty good old line right now. Sounds pretty damn pretty good Pretty good old to me. line. Yeah. Blake, Dominic Bustamante was a defensive tackle on that team, but they kind of bounced him back and forth. He used to come over all the time. So, yeah, that's who I was hanging out with. And I'll tell you this, Rod, you, haven't, you haven't lived until you're 21 years old and you're hanging out with offensive linemen from Texas and going to 6th Street. No, I, I have. And all you're doing is all you're, I know you're, I've done it. And trust me, that's why I don't hang out with them. That was a once-a-month thing when I would hang out. I, I'd find myself in the same bar with the old line. I'm like, oh, no. I'm hanging out with the old line. like, Rodney! I'm like, no! There was a one time. <laughs> Rodney! Rodney! Exactly. I, uh, I was at a party on campus, and Connor Williams walked in, and he's a he's a pretty big human being. Oh, yeah, I, no I, doubt. I had two. I was, you know, double fist and Coors Light or Bud Lights or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly what beverage <laughs> it was, but uh, but he, I was like, oh, cool, that's Connor Williams. And he walks straight up to me and goes, give me one of those. Exactly. And I was just like, here you go. <laughs> that's it. Uh, cool. Uh, no questions <laughs> asked. Do one of those. Any, oh, any yeah. other person, I'd probably be like, what? Like, no. But I was like, oh, okay. You're, yeah. you're it, too big for me to ask a, questions. Exactly. It's a different vibe <laughs> when big humans, when they're multiple. Like, you know, usually in life, you'll see one or them. two of those guys <laughs> hanging out. But hanging out together, it's like when you see the volleyball team hanging out together. You're like, hey, whoa. Look at these beautiful Amazon athletes just hanging out. You don't see six, three women all hanging out together. You don't see six, five, 300 pound humans. Humans hanging out like ten at a time, like a herd. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it, when, they, when they party, they party. I can't imagine. It takes a little bit for them to get a buzz. So when they, it takes a lot for a three hundred fifty pound human being to get a buzz. So you imagine? And if you hang out four or five yeah, of them. Yeah, they just oh man, it, it, it's it's to see. It's the one time you're on Sixth Street looking for likes to fight guy. You're like, okay, <laughs> come on, let's go. Oh yeah, nobody wants to mess with you when you got that group with you. Yeah, yeah you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, it's good. No, it's good. And there was one. I think it was John Elmore. Uh, they they came over and now then they would just show up. Like, hey, we're coming over. Uh, <laughs> and of like course, that. Give and me I, one of those. I think it was Elmore. It was like, hey, I've got a keg in the trunk. I'm like, well, bring it up. Come on. <laughs> and so this dude, I was gonna go help him. He grabbed that no, thing, he grabbed picked it up thing. by yeah, himself, exactly. well, carried it up you. the flight of stairs. It's like, dude, all right, that's a different kind of strong. Yeah. And the ladies, ladies are drawn to these this, this herd of big humans too. Yeah, they they always have like yeah. pack like groups of ladies just hanging out yeah. with because I think like, it's like protection. Like they just like they know that nobody. Is gonna mess with this group of large human beings. So, but they were all, if, yeah. unlike Dan Neal, very kind guys. No, very they're all nice. They're teddy bears. But good you know, but, but imagine is. Casey Stutter is one of those guys. Casey Stutter when he, Casey Stutter was partying, hey, it, it's a different level. You know what I mean? When he's gonna party, it's gonna be a different level. That's right. You're they right play hard. That. They party hard. Well, let me just say, uh, yeah, that's kind of a personal story, but it reminds me because those that, that's the last time Texas had at least, according to the Texas University of Texas Athletic Department game notes. Yep. This season is the first time since those teams, 1992-93, that the Longhorns had at least four offensive linemen returning from the year's it's amazing previous stat. line. It's an amazing stat. Yeah. That is an amazing stat. And I'm like, well, that was my that was my offensive line. That was my group. That was your group. That was your that was people. My group of Longhorns. <laughs> and you got some good ones on there, too. Yeah. Dan Neal and, and Blake Brockamore. Blake. That's amazing. John Elmore was a real good player. Um, yeah, I mean, a, and they were hell. good dudes. They were good dudes. Give me two of them. I'm, we good. And I understood <laughs> my place. It was all about the apartment. I mean, we had we had room. Hey, but that's you had the show palace, baby. Hey, that's clean. Uh, and how about this? <laughs> the the show spot, palace. To wrap up that story, <laughs> it was not a nice apartment, but it was big. It was so, all yeah, how many parties did y'all end up having like oh, a week randomly? Uh, 
Like even that, like coming, like the after party, coming home from. from it's it's the, hard to count because because yeah. at St. Ed's, people would have their apartment parties or their house parties, and they'd always get broken up by the cops. And they'd be, well, let's go to let's go over to London Square. And then they drift over Everybody to y'all's at place. Our place you know? <laughs> yeah. At least I got to sleep in my own bed most nights. That was the good uh, thing. Who cleaned up the apartment all the time? Uh, you were that guy. See, there's always somebody. You gotta have somebody in the crew that is just kind of you know OCD and they want to keep things clean. And that was you. Good uh, for you. Or you just don't clean. That nah, is, you gotta no. have somebody in the crew. Well, somebody in the, we had somebody in the crew. We, we had cleaned somebody like once a month. And yeah. my house my, is similar, where it was like people at 3 a.m. were walking through the doors, like, hey, what's going on? Well, yeah, that's, well, you gotta have somebody. That was me. Yeah, it was well, you. See? Because yeah. I, I couldn't live that way. There's oh, no. no we just, we lived amongst rats, hundreds of rats. See, that would not oh, work. Oh, no, we can't have that. I it didn't was, care what the guys did nah, in their own bathroom and in, in their own room, but mm-hmm. in the main but area. The, yeah, the common areas, that was the shared areas, they gotta be cleaned up. And the little factoid on me and my little OCD ish, I couldn't, even if we had a party, I couldn't go to bed. Until it was clean. Cleaned up all the bottles I, I and cans. I hated waking up to it. I hated yeah. waking up to oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see. I'd love, see, now you, you can imagine. Right, B was so, yeah, also. Everybody I, get up and the house yeah. would be clean. That <laughs> yeah, vacuumed. And they just take it for granted. Like, a yeah. like, ah, there you go. Because well, then I knew I could crash and sleep in and not have to get up and worry about cleaning. Uh, so I just well, do some, all, you had, all you the adrenaline some, was still pumping. You live with people like Ty. That, that cleaning was never going to be a priority no. for them anyway. No, no that was priority yeah. for me. I clean. I just, back in those days, there was no point. Yeah. no, It was like two hours later. It wasn't like Martha Stewart clean, but it was clean. Clean it up. Gone. Yeah, 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 no, the way I, the beer cans. Yeah, yeah it was. You know, no, I, 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 I used to be a cleaner. I was one of the guys that come up and like, oh man, we got to clean this. And up. I couldn't do it I can't in the morning. It. I had to do it at night. Uh, sometimes like three See, in the morning. He's been responsible from the jump. Look at him. He's been the responsible one in the crew. Uh, and that was fun, but those were good dudes, and uh, that's amazing. It's been that long since that uh, the Longhorns have had that you know, with mm-hmm. all these returning offensive linemen. Big linemen's. humans, so, baby. You know, and can... and, and by, by the way, the upside is the upside of the backups. I don't know if it's been this. Good since mid two thousands. Well, you may return a lot of guys, but then you got guys behind them potentially whose upside could be even higher. We'll hear Sark on those positional battles and uh, where they're fighting. Interior guard for sure. Interior yep. line. I will say one more point on that apartment at London Square. <laughs> no, literally, it was on the second floor. I got to go. You can. You can. Is, have you seen, is the apartment still? It's gone. They torn down. So because it was kind of a dumpy place. But so, but there was a, the apartment was a, two apartments, and below one of them was a, was like it was just storage. They had old washers and dryers and refrigerators and all kinds of stuff in there. Uh-oh. Nobody lived there. What y'all do? And then under the other one, <laughs> I never got in there. The under the other one was this is not a lie. This sounds like something I'm making up. A guy named Chico. <laughs> Literally, and Chico, Chico had a wife and a young baby. Chico, and he sold marijuana. Chico, baby, that's hey, Chico. what he did. Oh, y'all and kept so, Chico. Y'all was y'all y'all was supporting the family. Chico was a great dude, and but so the point is, whenever we would have parties, no one would call the cops. Maybe we'd have no one call the cops because Chico. That's the last thing he wanted around the house. Hey, that's business. Chico, y'all, y'all I'm sure y'all would come. People were like, well, hey, can I get something? Hey, oh, uh, yeah. Go see Chico down there. Chico, take care. Chico got you. <laughs> That is great. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is a so that spot was that's a story. okay. That's legendary. Yes, that's why it was the spot. In, you guys uh, had my, my group of people's lore mm-hmm. in that apartment for one okay. year. For one year, built-in party favors on scene too. Oh, oh man, man. It, was, it was good. Oh, that was a good life. Oh, how long did y'all live there? One year. Just one, one year, year. Yeah, and you still remember it. Oh man, <laughs> that's how much. Of, oh man, I remember it. It was. I mean, just think about a two thousand square foot apartment. I mean, exactly. You, oh, we, had, we had ping pong table, we had dartboard, and we had all. It was. It was amazing. a party house. Yeah, that's cool. Because because everybody because you could normally at a party it gets broken up because everybody's inside. There's too many outside. people there, and, and it's crowded, and spills over. Yeah, spills over, and people. But start now calling you got it. You get everybody in. Everybody's inside. Everybody's inside. Nobody's outside. Yeah. 
Good point. And yeah. Chico's, he ain't complaining. Usually the people downstairs, downstairs, downstairs will complain. Just don't wake up the baby. Just don't wake up. <laughs> Chico, don't th- hey, don't wake up the baby, man. You're good. You're good. We're straight if you do that. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, let's uh, get to those headlines. <laughs> and Rod's got a rant. And uh, we've got some breaking news for you, too, that we're excited to tell you about. Oh. Let's get to the headlines, though. Top Gun Equipment Rentals, my buddy Brandon Mars and the team bringing you the headlines. We'll start with the Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian at his uh, game week press conference yesterday. First one of the year. Said he's excited to see this team perform at a high level. They transfer from their practice field habits to a game. Gets to see it in action against the Rice Owls. Coach Sark also responded publicly for the first time to the comments made last week by Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark while he was at a Texas Tech uh, football booster function last week in Lubbock. You know, I got a letter from the commissioner about sportsmanship the day before that speech. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, about what are we promoting to our student athletes and then to go say those types of things. So I'm I'm not guessing he's going to have his Thanksgiving dinner with us the night before that game. Um, But the reality of it is, you know, a lot's been made about that. A lot's been made about a T-shirt being made. Let's not make this more than it is, man. This is about us. We're focused on what we get to do and why we get to do it. We know who's behind us, and that's okay. Now let's go play. Uh, There you go. Longhorns at 2.30. We'll kick it off. The uh, Longhorns are a 35-point favorite. They have a 74-21-1 all-time record against the Rice Owls. Mentioned in Major League Baseball, Astros, Rangers, and Mariners all win last night. Uh, Jose Altuve hit for the cycle. First Astro in 10 years to turn that trick. Meanwhile, the Rangers rallied to beat the Mets in New York 4-3. They're down 3-2 in the ninth, but Nathaniel Lowe with a big two-RBI single with two outs in that frame. Uh, Texas had been 0-47 in games they trailed in the ninth inning before last night this season. In Seattle, the Mariners did it again. They blanked the A's 7-0, so... Mariners lead the AOS by a game over both Houston and Texas. NFL, today is final cutdown day around the league. All 32 teams need to trim their rosters to 53 by 3 o'clock this afternoon. Tough day in the desert yesterday for a Longhorn legend as Arizona Cardinals announced that, as expected, their starting quarterback, Kyler Murray, won't be activated. He's going to be on the pup list for the first four games of the year. He had uh, his, a surgery, his knee ACL uh, surgery eight months ago. Uh, so not surprising there, but a bit of a big surprise came when the team announced they were releasing quarterback Colt McCoy. He had been the team's first team quarterback all spring into training camp and through the preseason. Move came four days after they traded for quarterback Joshua Dobbs from Cleveland. Also speaking of trades in Cleveland, Browns made a move yesterday to acquire L.A. Chargers kicker Dustin Hopkins, which means the former Longhorn and Lake Travis Cavalier Cameron Dicker has won the Chargers starting kicker's job. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. And that's okay, so let's go play. I love the way he ended it, too. Sorry, because it's a little, you know, I think it was a classy shot that he took uh, at Brett Yardmark there. Uh, essentially pointing out his hypocrisy. That he once at least sent a memo, I'm sure to all the coaches, but sent a memo out, an email about, you know, sportsmanship. I'm sure about how you should conduct yourself and, you know, conduct unbecoming of, you know, the Big 12 brand, whatever I'm sure was on that memo. Um, And yet he took the shot at Texas. It was a joke, by the way, we pointed out it was a joke. Uh, he took a shot at Texas uh, when he was hanging out in Lubbock, and it, Lubbock will do that to you, by the way. Well, that little comment <laughs> Make you about act a certain way. Well, the little comment about because uh, I do, I agree with you. I like the way Sark reacted to oh, it. It was great. Point. Classy but, shot, so, but, the, man. but you know that the little part about well, I got a letter from the commissioner just the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what he's saying. A little hypocritical there. I like it. All that will be part of the package piece the week of that game. Then oh. they'll, they'll, they'll ESPN will string it all together and. Oh. Uh, 
Man. Make that a must-see game on uh, Black Friday. If if Tech is good this year, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what's the if they're if they're a team that can win. If they can repeat what they did last year, what they win eight games. If they can get somewhere close to what they did last year, that game is gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a big game. It's gonna be huge. Yeah, because Texas, we assume, is gonna be good, and that could. Depending on how the Big 12 shakes out, you could have Big 12 title game implications um, with that game. And then you're right. Then they're going to have all the, the the footage from, you know, it runs through Lubbock to Brett Yardmark and then the, these so-called Blue Bloods. And then, oh, yeah. oh, then Sarks come. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be. CDC. Oh, with, oh, oh yeah, him on hay. Orange Bloods. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah, the T-shirts. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I'm telling you. And like I said, I'm, I'm here for it. I really, I think Brett Yarmark, and I, some people think he may have been irresponsible, may have been conduct unbecoming of a commissioner, and all those things may be true. But like I said, this is not about sportsmanship anymore. This is not about amateurism. This is about entertainment. <laughs> and he is just trying to build the most entertaining product that he can. And this is also about him taking care of his conference and looking out for their best interest and his best interest. And by the way, that is not the best interest of Texas and Oklahoma anymore. So I get it all. And I think both sides, like even Sark said, this is about us. It, and you know what? And Brett Yarmore can say the same thing. Man, this is about us. And Tech can say the same thing. This is about us. It's all, take care of your own. <laughs> and you know what, Ron? <laughs> take care of your own. It's all, all the, good. Uh, all the curmudgeons that want to you know, ring the fun out of college sports and for college football. It's fun. It's kind of fun. It is fun. It's kind of fun. <laughs> fun talking trash. This is why we had 9.9 million people watching the women's national title game when usually we don't care anything about college women's basketball, but we wanted to see them ladies talk some smack. Talk. They're great at what they do. They're elite, but they've been elite for a long time doing what they do. But when they start talking some trash, doing the Tony Yayo, John Cena, you can't see me. We were all about Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and Haley Van Leith. Hey, we all even know their names now because we got into it. Even the White House got in on it. It was so much damn fun. And I think Brett Yarmark took that recipe and said, you know what? We can apply that to the Big 12. We can keep relevant. And we can have everybody talking about our league just by infusing a little pettiness, <laughs> a little trash talk into it. Here we go. This says, uh, like E, I had a massive apartment in college, routinely had St. Ed's parties end up at our apartment on Riverside. Remember if we lived in the same place. Because we only lived there one year. It's not like the apartment went away. We just lived there for a year. But I'm oh. sure other people moved in. It's called London Square Apartment. That would be was the great if you could get the, all the people that lived there before and made it a party house. It's probably an epic party house. We will probably oh. remember it even after you guys left. It was a, it was a winter. There was parking everywhere. There was a lot of parking. That was another good reason for that. Oh, that's rare these days. <laughs> but this says, I was at UT in 1993. I have a hazy memory of going to a party at a giant apartment just like you're talking about. <laughs> I lived off of Old Torf and Wickersham at the time. I wonder if it was your place. He might have been because Old Torf and Wickersham is like a mile away. Oh, I lived off of Old Torf and Wickersham. Which I, it was like Cromwell Circle over there somewhere. I, yeah. Everybody lived over there at one point everybody by that HEV. Everybody, everybody lived off Riverside about that HEV at one yeah, point. It was right by. I mean, you could look out of our, if you came out their front door, you could see the back of the HEV. That's yeah. where we were. Nice. Right where we were. I love that Right people, next to Craig Field, the softball fields. I thought you were getting people triggered memories from <laughs> the parties they went to. House party. Woo. Oh, that's hey, Rod, great. you want to do the rant at the bottom of the hour? Or you want to get jump into it now? Uh, we can jump into it now. It's it's up to you. Let's do the rant. Rod's right. got one uh, twice a morning here on Ian Rod B. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Now, this is a subject that is not talked about enough, 
um, but I thought it was pretty interesting. I want to bring it up. The, the, the new rule changes in college football that um, basically don't stop the clock that have changed the rules where they don't stop the clock after every first down. All right. So on the that only happens now within the last two minutes of each half where they'll stop the clock after the first down. So the clock runs. Some people said they haven't noticed the change. Some people said, oh, man, it's really obvious. Uh, it's a small sample size, so we don't have a lot of sample size just yet. But if you go look at week one, zero week, whatever, possessions per team per game, uh, 12.3 in 2021. 12.6 in 2022, 10.9 so far. Possessions per team per game. Small sample size, though, but I think you can you can logically jump to the conclusion that teams are going to have fewer possessions, they're going to have fewer snaps, they're going to have fewer drives, period, on offense because they're just going to have less time. Uh, also, if you go look at the Division One level, and just looking how these rules affected just Division One teams, period. 65% of teams, like I said, small sample size, though, because we'll have a better sample size once week, week one, actually all across football, uh, once that is done. But at the Division One level, 65% of teams ran less than 65 offensive plays. The wow. new rules are really going to have an effect on pace, plays, possessions. So you'll see some, some coaches maybe get a little bit desperate sooner. Usually desperation sets in later in the game, depending on what the score is. You'll see some teams, some some coaches maybe get anxious. And, and remind about our the audience, that, Rod, of what the new rules are specifically that are going to make it faster? Uh, yeah, because now the uh, the clock stops after first downs only in the last two minutes yeah, no of more, the halves. Oh, um, but they used to stop after every first down. Right. Now you don't have that anymore. Now the clock will will uh, will run after first downs unless it is in the last two minutes of the half. And a lot of people are assuming this is going to be a, a drastic change. It's going to speed up the games. But in terms of game and clock management, I think this is a big part of why Sark decided I need Joe D. Camillus. Well, I need you know I need other special assistants potentially maybe to help me out with this game management in a you know a new era of college football. I think that's right. I like it. I mean, it's more NFL style, but. Um, you know, that, that I mean, college football games were getting to be, you know, over four so, hours long. Trust me, I, I rewatch film all the time, and they were so long. They yeah. were too long. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the baseball went to the pitch clock this year, and it's it's made it a better product. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And look, I mean, you talk about Brett Yormark, and people think, well, he, you know, he works for the conference commissioner or conference presidents, and he does. But he also works for ESPN, and ESPN mm-hmm. wants a better TV product. Let's not yeah. forget that. Yeah, uh, this is a TV show, mm-hmm. and no one does it like the NFL, right? The NFL games kick at noon. The 3 o'clock games go at 3 o'clock. The 7 o'clock, I mean, they're, they're on time. They are on time. And college football games, because of the stoppage of clock after every first down, and then a lot of times way too many reviews. Oh, just yeah, just slows the game down. Slows the game to down. a crawl sometimes. And so, you know, yeah. fans that go to games, and, and, and you know, it's, it gets like, you're in the stadium. Yeah, it, it, takes, it sucks the energy out of the stadium, too. I'm at, l- at least at your home, yep. you can flip the channel or go mm-hmm. get a drink or do something. I mean, you're there at the stadium. It, 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 I'm glad to hear that. And that's a great stat you had from week one because this will change strategy to shorten the game, There's shorten no the doubt. number of times you get the ball. Yep. I think some teams will decide, all right, you know what, since the games are going fast, we can play just ball control and play keep away and, you know, just kind of run the clock run the clock down, drain the clock. I think some teams will have the opposite approach where they decide, now we don't have enough time. They'll get more desperate and start uh, searching and seeking big plays. 
and maybe in the passing game, and some teams will decide there's not enough possessions or plays or drives in the game. So we're going we're to go up-tempo more often to try to you know gather ourselves and get more plays within this, uh, obviously, a shorter, shorter game uh, time. So it's going to be interesting. The strategy, everybody's strategy is going to be different. It's yeah. definitely shortening well, the so game. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, obviously, when the when the play clock stops, the game clock stops after every incompletion and then every first down. That's a lot of stoppage time, Ron. Yeah, that's a lot of time when the clock's not moving. But you know, obviously, it'll still stop on incompletions. But yes. it now it won't stop yeah. on first downs. And um, you know that That'd I think big. I think it'll lead to a, a better product. Personally, and for those who were skeptical of the pitch clock in baseball, it certainly has helped. Oh. It has helped, especially if you go to games. If you go to games now, man, it, the product's better. It really is. I, um, I'll agree with you. Yeah, and well, the off and, and it's led to more offense. Yeah, well, in baseball, I'm talking about. Yeah, more um, offense. And we'll see if that is the case in college football. But I think all across sports, period. Everybody, including the NFL, by the way, because the NFL now does, they do advertisements, a picture in a picture where they have yeah. like an advertisement going while they're also showing some game time action or at least keeping the broadcast going. Everybody is trying their best in this new entertainment ecosystem to make their product more palatable to this new generation whose attention spans, all of our attention spans, by the way, but the newer generation whose attention spans, you know, they seem to be shrinking. You know, every and by the way, it's happening to all of us. We just we are a microwave generation. We want what we want run right now, and we don't necessarily like lag time or downtime, and we don't like to sit through commercials mm-hmm. and advertisements. You got to find a more creative way to do it. Everybody's about that, so that I think that, yeah, that's why they're trying to shorten these games because they don't want to lose that younger audience who may decide, you know what, there is a better option for me. I'm going to fl- click over well, here and do something else. Well, and and you know, if you NFL and, and college are coming more and more alike, but you know, why is an NFL game three hours and a college football game four? I mean, exactly. The, the, this is a big change. The other part is college football half times are a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NFL does a 12 minute halftime. You know, college football sometimes are 25, 30 minutes with both bands playing and all that. So that that makes them longer. There's no doubt. But I do think the pace of play will speed up. That's great stuff. In Rod's rant of the day, we'll be watching that with uh, the full slate of games kicking off on Thursday night this week, all the way through Sunday into your Labor Day holiday this Monday. But uh, keep in mind, we will be here on Monday morning, Ron. We will be here oh, to recap what? whatever. Of course. Come on. We will be here for five hours on Labor Day. Laboring, talking Texas football, if you call that laboring. Coming up, we've got some breaking news on where we're going to be on game day, Rod. Where we're going to be on Mm -hmm. game day. Uh, people have been asking, and rightfully so. We've been trying to put together a plan for our game day coverage uh, here on Ian Rod B and on the Horn. We'll get you details on that coming up, uh, plus more on the Longhorns. Hearing from C- Steve Sarkeesian uh, throughout the morning after his game week news conference yesterday. It's Ian Rod B coming back. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Great stuff from the uh, Specs text line in relation to Rod's rants on uh, new rules changes in college football that will impact game times and length of games. It says, here's a TCU fan saying, my Frogs won about four or five games because the clock stopped last year. Those comeback victories will be harder to come by. That's a good point, actually. Uh, Think about that. Well, it'll still stop inside two minutes, so the ideal of a two-minute drill where you don't have any timeouts, you can still get the clock stopped at at a first down, but it just won't happen in the other 58 minutes of the half is that, or of the game. Is that in the like at the end of the half and the end yep, of the fourth quarter? Yeah, both halves. But it's, it, it, it does, you know, think about Steve Sarkeesian's first year at Texas where he has so many late-game collapses, and if the games are indeed shorter, 
Then oh. you, you you hold on, you know what I mean? Instead of, you know, having those teams like that uh, Texas mentioned, uh, you know, TCU just having time to come back. So it, I'm saying it's going to – I think it's going to infuse a lot of desperation in the game or teams will just try to choke out opponents by just running the football and ball control because they know, actually, I can run the clock out a little bit here. Interesting to follow. I agree yeah. with you on that. So. And uh, the, the famous Mac Brown quote after a loss was, we didn't lose, we – we just ran out of time. <laughs> we just ran out of time. Oh, that's a classic Mac Brown. He even told that one to us in, in the locker room. He even got that one. He believed yeah, it. Don't worry. He, he did. It. He believed he did. that. He really did believe it. He did. That's we true. were going to win that game if we had more time. <laughs> he, 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 he so we didn't guys, lose. don't worry. So no shame. Lose. No shame in that one. We just ran out of time. It's one of those. Somebody wanted to know if uh, <laughs> Ty, Ty, are they going to uh, affect over-unders this year? Probably. Oh. I'd assume so. Probably uh, a lot more unders. I didn't think Probably. about that either. Probably. Yeah. Vegas will adjust for that, though. So don't think yeah. you're smarter than them. Hey, uh, before the top of the hour, we'll hit our bullish and BS segment, a little hot or not, but uh, including, oh no, there's another NBA player. What's up with NBA players and porn stars? I don't get it. Can't they uh, oh. choose wiser? Also, <laughs> Dak Prescott said something recently that uh, we need some, some clarity on with you, Rod. Is it bullish or BS before the top of the hour? But we got a lot going on. Uh, so here's the deal, Rod. You know, this show is new. We're in our into our. Uh, what, fourth week now? I believe it's four. Four weeks yeah. of Ian Rod B, five hours a day, five days a week, mm, and it bringing in. it strong. And uh, <laughs> appreciate you finding us, downloading that Horn app, and uh, telling a friend, sharing that. As we tell you, you can just share that Horn app, and uh, I appreciate everybody that's finding us. We are efforting to improve the 101.9 signal, too, in, simulca- in simultaneous mm-hmm. time. But download the Horn app. We're here for you. That's Austin's only local morning conversation and each and every day. What's the that? E- the email's to me. We still we still need more. Yes. Uh, if you wanna if you are having issues with the one oh one nine FM signal, you can email me at T Henderson at hornfm.com. Uh, make sure you include that you're having issues with the one oh one nine signal specifically and include a um, an address. An address. So we can map it out. We will never send you anything. FCC just, needs that mm, for red tape reasons. Yeah, beard crack stuff. But and if you did send send us one earlier, I might have emailed you back. Uh, if you just sent a zip code, if you could resend it with a full address, it would be very, very appreciated. And we're just looking to move that really signal and, it. and improve it. Improve it for you. But in, in the meantime, listen yep. on the app. Listen on AM 1260. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, you can join our YouTube channel. But uh, so in addition to the five hours a day, five days a week, Rod, we need to, we're going to be doing some game day stuff, which we're excited about. Yeah, and we got to get amongst the people. Amongst the people. And I can tell you this week, and I think for every home game this year, mm-hmm. you and I will be posted up for a couple of hours doing some on-air pregame at, oh, yeah, the, the Mockingbird Saloon, Rod. The Mockingbird Saloon, which is on Guadalupe. Oh, yeah. Do you know okay. where Kirby Lane is on Guad? We're out there with the young people? Yeah, man. We're out there with the young folks? Right by the frats and fraternity wow. row, sorority row. Uh, it's right there, Mockingbird Saloon. And uh, met with Brian there yesterday. Okay. They're right, eager to have us. And uh, we needed a spot down near campus to, to post up now because we're not allowed on Bebo Boulevard anymore. No, Rod. Mm, we're not allowed it's, down there. That's right? all right. We'll be as close as we can get. We'll get and so Mockingbird Saloon is between uh, In-N-Out Burger and Kirby Lane on, the, on Guadalupe. Uh, right there past the 7-Eleven at 27th, or 26th is where you're going to find us. We're going to be right there and post it up. We'll be there from noon to 2 this Saturday, getting mm-hmm. you ready for Texas and Rice. And uh, you and I with Ty will be out there. Jacob Standard will be there. We'll be getting it ready and uh, oh, watching TCU in Colorado. It's a beautiful TCU thing. TCU in Colorado. they got TVs. they got cold drinks. Our friends at Bud Light can help us out with that. We appreciate them, mm. and uh, we're excited to be out there. So uh, that's where we'll be, Mockingbird Saloon, cool little watering hole right on campus. I don't think I've ever been. Now I'm excited. i got a new spot I can hang out at now. Um, so I love yeah. that I love that spot back in the day. 
You been, I've been, there? been recently, but used yeah, to be. I used to be there a lot. It's been the Mockingbird <laughs> since 2019. I okay, forgot, what was it called before? Uh, the Lone Star or something? Lone Star Saloon, maybe? Mm. There was a lot of Fijis there back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though. Uh, there you go. Spot, that, good so, spot. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited about that because uh, I was a little unsure that we were going to have a spot to post up for the pregame. Um, so now we actually have a spot, have a home for the pregame, yeah, Mockingbird man. Saloon. So I'll probably be there for the game, too. It's going to be well, hot. Yeah, a lot of fans were asking, so I'm glad he got that taken care of. You can hang out. And yeah. uh, if – you know, the, the, the parking's a challenge down there, too, so Ubers, of course, and then if you're already on campus uh, for your tailgate, walk on over and see us. That'd be a good way to do that after you get parked in a garage or whatever. It's, it's a good spot. And, you know, Kirby Lane right next door, oh, good food, man. good grub, yeah, good way to tailgate and get you ready for Texas. And the, the co-op, University Co-op's right down the street. Go get some gear and get ready. Uh, this says, guys, it was called The Local before yep. it was Mockingbird. The Local. That's what I know it is better. Uh, says, why can't y'all come back to Schultz Garden? Miss y'all there. Well, mm-hmm. there's some political red tape there at at, at, at yeah. Schultz Garden, but that's all right. We got a good spot. We're excited to be down there. We'll also have new details on our road games. We're going to have a huge watch party for the Alabama game for those who are not going. That's going to be in a cool location. We'll tell you about next week. Uh, so if you're looking for a spot, and of course, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get you covered here on E and Rod B. Can we hear some more from Steve Sarkeesian? Ooh. Um, um, how about? Uh, can we get to the, the, the cut where he's talking about what he wants to see from his team on Saturday? I'm going to cut two. Exactly that's what I was thinking. Uh, all right, so here's Steve Sarkeesian yesterday at the press conference, and he was asked about what he wants to see on Saturday specifically from his team versus Rice. Here's Steve Sarkeesian. Well, I, mean, I think, first of all, you think about first games, you know, and I, I watched them Saturday. I look at substitution errors. <laughs> You know, you got 12 on the field, you got 10 on the field. I look at some of the pre-snap penalty things. Uh, I look at tackling. Um, I look at our coverage units in the return game. We're seeing big returns uh, this past weekend. So inevitably, you know, I want to see us execute. And uh, all of that is kind of encompassed into that, whether it's pre-snap or post-snap. Our ability to execute, communicating really well, being on the same page, and then play our style of football. There you go. I, he he's remarked. Remember, if after the scrimmages, both scrimmages, he talks about pre-snap penalties, um, and how they were something that was upsetting for him um, watching his team in the scrimmage. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, watching the Rice game, Texas, you know, might be a little bit rusty early on. If that's something that they've had issues with in the scrimmages, maybe that's something that carries over. You don't want it to. Uh, but Sark has a lot of pre-snap motions and shifts. There's a lot of movement in his offense. And I think now that he trusts these players who've been familiar with the system now for two years, he'll probably have even more movement yeah, than I think- before because he's now, you know, they've been in his system and they should know it. Right yeah, now. all coaches want to see high level of execution uh, in this first. And look, if you're Sark, if you go back to the first opening of camp, and he said, since we are so far along with our install and we got so many returning players and co- mm-hmm. coaching continuity, we want to drill down on the details, right? The yep. as you say, pre snap penalties, the down and distance, you know, third third down execution, red zone execution. So even against Rice as a five touchdown favorite, those are things you want to see. Mm-hmm. You want to see that translate to to a game. Where we're actually, you know, using a high high football IQ to manage our third downs and keep the keep the drive moving and execute on both sides of the ball with down and distance and red zone acumen and all those things. That's what you want to see. But uh, Rod, how about this? I thought this was interesting. Sark was asked, good question by the media. Which position group are you most eager to see? I like that. Which position group do you want to see? Uh, you know, that maybe would you be uh, not sure yet of what you're going to see here, Steve Sarkeesian? Well, I think naturally. 
you know, when you, when you lose two players in, in Bijan and Roshan who carried such a bulk of the load for us a year ago, um, what is that going to look like? How's it going to feel? And I think there's good, that's going to be a little bit of a process for us, and that's okay. Um, I think that they've got great players around them. They don't have to go in and try to, you know, some superhuman effort. They just need to do what they've done throughout practice. And um, I think that we've got a good group there. But ultimately, you know, finding that out, you know, we got a glimpse of it in the bowl game. Um, but, but I think now having a spring, a summer, a training camp to get themselves ready, uh, I'm looking forward to watching that group play. Running backs, Rod. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because running backs one of those positions. I'm not saying you can always play right away, but uh, there's not a lot of technique to teach, not a lot of fundamentals to teach at running back. The guy can, he has great vision, uh, and he's you know kind of the the skill set that you need there at running back. Whether you like a slasher or you want someone uh, who's versatile, whatever it may be, uh, that's usually a a a a position that translates really well. If you pick up the pass pro, right? Yes, that's a big part of it. Because, I mean, obviously a running back, gosh, Zeke Elliott played last couple years for the Cowboys because he was their best running back at pass pro, not getting Dak Prescott ear-holed, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's important, especially with a veteran offensive line. Because this, to me, Rod, and you're the football theorist, you know, if you got let's just say C.J. Baxter is a freshman and he doesn't, he's not great in pass protection. Well, you know, Nick Saban's going to know if he's on the field, then they're probably not throwing. Right, I'm kind of. You need a guy that that you can keep disguise with, and you know you wonder how far along C.J. Baxter is, the freshman from Orlando, because remember he got here in January, Rod. Got here early, and also remember Jonathan Brooks had an injury that he was dealing with in the training camp in the spring. Right, I mean he was still battling injury suffered in the bowl game, so C.J. Baxter got a lot of early reps and first team reps, and Sarkis said that we we didn't put training wheels on these guys. I mean we gave them Mm -hmm. everything to try to be ready to go. Can we hear one more from Sark on that position? Because he was asked about the separation between Jonathan Brooks, the third-year player from Hallettsville, and C.J. Baxter, the uh, the true freshman out of Orlando. Who's going um, oh, they have, a, they have a pretty good idea now. I mean, we've, we're in game week now, so how we get our reps and how we practice is is important. You know, they got to get the looks that they need. You know, I think the, the two, a couple of things that those two guys provide is, A, there's physical stature and, and a running style of a physical nature. Um, I, I think I think both those guys are, are not just physical at the point of attack, but they're elusive in the open field. They've got good pass receiving skills, uh, and they're both very smart. And in our system, the running back, you know, that his intellect is important. And uh, both those guys are, are smart players. Right, there you go. There's the running backs. Yeah, and you know, Sark last season showed a lot of uh, versatility in personnel groupings, and obviously when you got. Bo- Rojo and you know Bijan. <laughs> it's easy to put out multi back sets, two tail back sets, twenty one personnel, two backs, one tight end, twenty personnel, two backs, zero tight ends. Played a lot more of those personnel groupings than he's probably ever utilized and deployed as a play caller, just because he wants to maximize the personnel that he has. I do wonder this year if he'll still use some of that. Multi, those multi-back sets, 21 and 20 personnel, um, even with these young guys. Not saying he'll use it as much as he did last year, which was probably close to uh, maybe 15 16%, but I think he still wants to have it as a part of his repertoire as an offensive play caller. And he said the more you can do, the tougher you are to stop, and he wants to be able to use all of his weapons. Um, see, he will see how much he trusts those guys if we see any of those multi-back sets like we saw last season. Remember, you got Keelan Robinson also as a part of that group. 
Yeah, those key positional battles where you really mm-hmm. be focused on against the Rice Owls. How does C.J. Baxter, Jonathan Brooks, who breaks out, offensive line, offensive guard, corner. I mean, where you're going to see these linebacker, spots. Linebacker. Anthony Hill. Who's Lopendo. where they need to be. and Because, yeah. again, that's all going to be about who's going to run out there with the first team a week from now, yeah. right, when you play in Alabama. And, and Sark even, the backup, quarter, trust? backup quarterback position. Yeah. Still don't know. And Sark, he, he did not want to give a lot of information about – uh, who was winning the competitions at a lot of those positions, but especially at the backup quarterback position. And he left the door open that, hey, on Thursday, basically, or whenever a depth chart comes out, people will find out. But, yeah, it still could be Arch uh, winning that backup job, or it could be Malik. We don't know. We'll hear more from Sark throughout the morning because, yeah, quarterback is a uh, a main conversation. Just the uh, the position battles that are ongoing, the sense of urgency now that the season is here. Coming back, we'll play a little bullish or BS on uh, some big topics, including something I've heard from uh, Dak Prescott I thought was interesting. Want to get Rod's thoughts and ties on it. Also, did you hear the rumor what the Ve- who the Vegas mayor, remember the Super Bowl's in Vegas, Rod? Oh, yeah. The Las Vegas mayor mm-hmm. has an opinion on who should play the halftime since Taylor Swift told the NFL – not interested. I'll get you details on that kind of see if you guys are, are on board there. A lot of baseball as well. Football on the brain with Ian Rodby on a Tuesday. Bullish or BS. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. The Austin Gamblers, thanks again to the hospitality by J.J. Gotch and that group. What a weekend it was. Heard a lot of buzz and people talking about that that maybe hadn't been to a PBR event and now are hooked. hooked. And they're off to. Uh, I think they're off to. Uh, Hook them up. Where are they going next week? Mm. PBR. Remember they go city to city. Uh, the traveling bonanza that is the PBR team series. The Gamblers are twelve and one on the year. Uh, I know they wrap up in Fort Worth. Um, I'll look up where they're headed this weekend. But they did a great job, bang up job here in Austin, Texas, at the Moody Center. So bullish and BS. Bullish and BS. Mm. Uh, before we get to some Cowboys chat, I got to ask you Cowboys. this: You know, we still have not heard from the NFL of who's going to perform the halftime show in Vegas. Yeah, I heard Taylor Swift turned it down. And she doesn't need it. You said it. They don't. Yeah. They don't pay you. They in don't the NFL. pay. You. And she's make this is probably the most profitable tour in I don't the know, era's American tour? history. I don't know. It'll make over a billion. dollars. It's going to be some. Yeah, I, I would love to see where it is all time because it's got to be. I mean. It's got to be up top five. Well, all I've, time I've read, I've read profitable biz, business uh, studies about how the the oh, eco- e- economic impact of the Taylor Swift tour, like through cities and communities. Oh when yeah, she shows like, up, oh, oh, and like restaurants, restaurants, and people bars, like follow her, hotels, and then yes. they come from like all fly in from out yeah. of town. No, yeah. no, that's I'm with you on that. I bet that is a thing. There's yeah. no doubt that's a thing. Well, so they don't have an act yet, or if they have <laughs> it, they haven't told anybody. Peter Roger Goodell yeah, I don't know the who's going to be. Taylor Swift would have been well, perfect. Well, the, the Super Bowl takes place in Las Vegas in February. That's a pretty good town. Nevada's governor, Joe Lombardo. Mm-mm. I said mayor earlier. The governor, Joe Lombardo. Joe Lombardo. He says uh, he wants ACDC. ACDC. <laughs> to do the halftime show. Ty, you're in there nodding. Are you up for wow. ACDC? Uh, the the uh, Australian band. Okay. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And here's why. I mean, ACDC has sold more than 200 bad. million records worldwide. They're the, uh, including 75 in the U.S. It's the they're the ninth highest selling artist in the U.S. history. Okay. And their album Back in Black has sold an estimated 50 million units. It makes it the second best selling album of all time, and the highest selling album by a band. So, you know, they've got some, and it's a global reach with ACDC, which is that. Now, I think you could combine ACDC with, like, maybe a younger act, too, and, and yeah, combine some can. hits. I don't know who that would be, 
But uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time the NFL has had uh, the likes of you know the Rolling Stones and Paul McCartney, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Bruce Springsteen, uh, ZZ Top played it. But uh, of late, it's been more catering to younger yeah, audiences. Everybody's trying to cater to younger audiences. But then they had well, they had the Dr. Dre one. Well, like Dr. Dre and like oh, the, yes. the hip hop. Yes, dude. It was kind of their their kind of homage uh, to the hip hop era. So that wasn't really catering to young people because everybody who and I know younger people like hip hop, period. But it that, wasn't very good. You see, you didn't opinion. like exactly. You're I mean, a younger I love person. All those, I love all those artists, but, but they weren't great. They, I don't like. Yeah, you know, yeah, they a bunch great. of fifty plus year olds. You know what I said about fifty year old rappers? They're like fifty year old strippers. Like it's you know, at when, one point, when fifty cent when oh. he's hanging upside down. Yeah, and it's like, like uh, listen, not, listen, looking pretty big, round, now. round. Yeah, it's time to start thinking about another crossover <laughs> career, if you will. Well, I'm not going to go too far into this, but uh, you know, speaking of older strippers, you remember, remember last, you know, during the spring we had the Zion Williamson saga? Oh, I remember this, Big yes. man of the New Orleans Pelicans and oh. his uh, dalliance with a uh, adult entertainer. Yeah, and she said she had a, a video of them being intimate. Yes, right? and that she, she was willing to release media so whatever, crazy. which basically is like revenge porn. I think she was like in violation, potentially of breaking, like violating a law. Well, because she saw a law. picture of him with his fiance, and they were all happy, dappy, and she said, "Oh, I know a little bit about that deal." Mm-hmm. Well, What's her name? Mariah Mills? Was that her name? Yeah, yeah. How well, did I know? There's that? another NBA player who's got a pretty big season coming up, who's now maybe involved in something similar that is no. hitting the social media airways. Come on, Phoenix Suns big man DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, the 25-year-old center who's got a new coach. And, of course, the expectations are really high in Phoenix. With See, it ain't so. Kevin Durant now. They can't stay away from these adult entertainers? Yes. Yeah, are the named... adult entertainers seeking them out, or are they seeking out the adult entertainers? I need to know what's happening. Are they seeking out the adult entertainers? Cat uh, Leia. Cat Leia oh. is the name. Cat, that's her screen name? K-A-T-T Leia, mm. L-E-Y-A. Oh, no. Cat, I want to lay you. <laughs> I think you might have hit the nail on the head for the genesis, the origin of the name. <laughs> uh, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, is that she is... OnlyFans or is she an actual porn star? Because some of these women are just OnlyFans, you know, entertainers, but they're not actual porn like straight up porn stars. Well, she, she posted a video of her with, with with DeAndre Ayton in the background okay. without a shirt on, and well. so, so that's that's going to be out there. All right. Just put the, just getting you a fair warning. Look out for the uh, you know PG thirteen rated R material maybe coming beyond that. As long as he's not dating the porn star, he's okay. I guess you could like hang Jimmy out. Jimmy Garoppolo, with him. remember the yeah. Jimmy went on Jimmy a date with one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got caught you know? on video and the handsome Jimmy G. He's now in Vegas. Do you think he's doing okay there? Uh, I bet. Well, Tom Brady's there now too. He can't. He can't separate. He can't get away from Tom Brady. Somebody and Jimmy, I can't quit you. <laughs> right, Tom. He's like Tom. You following me or something? Come All on. right, football theorist Rod Babers and uh, football mm. fan and former player Ty. I want to play this for you. So Cowboys were doing a bit of a pep rally for their season ticket holders, and so they had Dak Prescott and all their their leaders and and Q&A questions. And this was one to Dak Prescott, who threw, we know, 15 interceptions last year. And this was uh, Dak Prescott talking about this year's offense and Mike McCarthy's advice to him and demand to him about uh, how they're going to create explosive plays. This is from um, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Yeah, CD, Tony Pollard, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, uh, Deuce, uh, all these guys, get it turf, get it to them in space. And when you can do that, they can make a lot of guys miss. And I think that's where the explosive plays are going to come. So Mike always says that we need big plays, but don't chase them. Just allow it to happen within our scheme. And I think that's important for me to remember. All right, Rod. Bullish or BS, don't chase big plays, let them happen. I like that term because 
honestly, Sark, he chases big plays. Longhorn fans, you can you can kind of see it here at Oklahoma State. He, he will chase a big play. If he's not getting it, he'll chase it. That's why I always say, I literally say he needs to listen to TLC. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to because Sark <laughs> will chase a waterfall. He did it for Oklahoma State game. He'll chase a big play until literally it leads him right off the cliff. Yeah. And that's what he's talking about. Don't chase a big play. Just, you know, we'll make big plays. We don't chase them. I like that term. That's a good That's a good saying. Uh, so I'm bullish. And it's, bullish. Well, and that's also Mike McCarthy saying, my scheme, yes. we're going to get guys in space that you need in Deuce Vaughn, <laughs> CeeDee Lamb, mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks. You know, yeah. So that was mm-hmm. Dak. Don't chase big plays. Come on, don't be chasing waterfalls. How you like that? You, you. I agree. I mean, look at an offense like San Francisco. It doesn't really ever seem like they're chasing big plays. They just grind it out, and then it happens oh, that's naturally. A great example, Ty. Great example. Yeah. Debo, oh. Debo did a house. Mm-hmm. You're right. And Christian McCaffrey on that team. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Cork George Kittle, and sometimes that fullback gets loose. Juice check. Use check. Juice check. Juice. Hey, we'll be back. We're two hours into five. You know that. We're cranking it out. Got a lot to do. We'll reset those headlines, including how about Jose Altuve? The cycle last night, and your Texas Rangers did something last night they haven't done all year and found a big win. We'll get you details coming back.